Welcome to another football podcast by some guy you don't know. I'm that some guy you don't know, Taylor Price. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at tpcomedy41. You can also follow the new Twitter page I got for this podcast. It's a football podcast by some guy you don't know. Uh, You can also send in your questions, emails, responses. Tell me I'm an asshole at a football podcast by some guy at gmail.com today we're recording in the thrillbilly production studios where the fans believes and the shirts don't have sleeves um i guess that's kind of a nod to i guess my playing days i wouldn't say i was a competitive player but i played in high school um i was an offensive lineman and offensive linemen are pretty quirky guys and they don't like sleeves and i just kind of kept that throughout my life I've noticed a lot of my podcasts have been a little bit rigid so that's not what I want this to be I want this to be a place where it feels like a couple guys and girls are just sitting around talking about football having a few cold ones so uh, if you hear a few pauses during the show I'm probably just taking a sip and uh, I just want to start it off like that one's for you guys few things I want to address this week. Um, the first is, when did players start getting the right to s- hire a coach? I mean, I get it. Players make more money than the coaches in the NFL, and that's why some coaches don't fit, some coaches excel. But I think it's just going a bit too far when you're letting players hire a coach. I read an article about how Russell Wilson's excited to help hire the new offensive coordinator in Seattle. Um, That's not how I see it. Like, he is an employee of the Seahawks. And I know they gotta keep their multi-million dollar man happy. And he wants to play in a system that's conductive to him winning. Or conducive to him winning, I should say. But that's not how it works. He's an employee of the Seahawks that would be like you going up to the cashier in a McDonald's and say he's the most trusted because he's on the cash register and that he should be the one who gets to decide who the new assistant manager is like obviously the kid's just going to pick the fun solution he's going to pick you know his stoner buddy or that weird kid in high school he's not going to pick what's best for the team he's going to pick what's best for him and I think that's really at the end of the day what happens when you let your quarterback decide who the offensive coordinator is I think the players are taking too much power at this point like why even have coaches at this point if it's just going to be driven by what the players want there's no sense in having a coach just let them call it on the field. It'll be like that weird new experimental football league that Johnny Manziel's in, except instead of having fans call it, they'll just have a quarterback call it. He's just hes not in the right position to be making an organizational decision like that. I don't understand it. I get it. Your GM is not the be-all and end-all. And... Pete Carroll is a brilliant football mind. So between your GM, Pete Carroll, and the ownership, you should be able to hire the best offensive coordinator you can 
without having Russell Wilson's input. Like the board to own should be the owner, the head coach, and maybe the positional coaches are involved. You know, on a way smaller scale, I had one coach that we didn't have very much confidence in. And he seemed like he wasn't a fit for the team. But by the end of the year, he'd won us over. And, you know, I was the player. He was the coach. That's the role. That's the dynamic. That's what it's got to be. His job isn't to coddle me and make me feel good about myself. His job is to coach winning football, put the best player in, and if you have to move on from a player, you have to move on. I'm not saying the Seahawks should move on from... Uh, or sorry, the Seahawks should move on from Russell Wilson, but come on, like you can't give him all the power. It's just, it, it's not right. It bothers me. It, it really does. You just hand over the organization to Russell Wilson if he's just going to be the one making these decisions. Like, just let him run it. Come on, guys. Topic number two. The hit in Cleveland. So, it's the same debate on targeting that we had in my podcast where I covered the national championship. Um, Daniel Sorensen was making a play. He dove at the goal line and they made contact head to head. So the twist here was Rashad uh, Huggins, I believe his name was, um, what, you know, he was diving I'm reaching out for the end zone, right? And the ball pops out. And it goes through the back of the end zone, which is ruled a touchback. So this is one of those situations that I was talking about. By letter of the rule, they lose possession, and that's the right call. If the ball is fumbled through the end zone, goes out, it's ruled a touchback and there's a change of possession. And I think it's a little bit horseshit that people want it changed. I think people want that rule changed because it affected their team. You know, um, you can't always reward offense. He made a sloppy play. He fumbled the ball. And the ball went out of bounds through the end zone. So what's the ruling on that? Either you just give him back the ball and he's on the one-yard line, which is not the right call by any stretch. I don't think any coach would agree with that either. Unless they're an offensive coach. The defensive coaches are, are already having a tough enough time. Like Their players can't even play physical anymore. I saw a video the other day of a, of a referee making a call and he said he gave an angry direction look or an angry look at the direction of the quarterback and that's a penalty and that's pretty much where we're getting to but by letter of the rule the ball was fumbled through the end zone that is chief's possession 
You can't reward bad offense. The defense stripped the ball. The ball went out. It's their ball. I think that's the way the ruling should be. But the twist to all this was the helmet to helmet. And is it illegal? By letter of the rule. Yes, that was an illegal play. And I'm kind of one of the last generations when I played junior football that this was still allowed. Like, it wasn't really... It was frowned upon, but it wasn't illegal. You know, coaches wanted you out there playing physical because not only did I play offensive line, but I played defensive line as well. So you want to be out there playing physically, and I think that's what Reed Sorensen... Or uh, not Reed Sorensen. Um, Daniel Sorensen was doing he was just trying to make a play it's the playoffs lot on the line you're done for the end zone he knocked out the ball and then there was helmet to helmet now a lot of people were saying he needed to be ejected but like i said letter of the rule states that there was no malicious intent there that he didn't do it in an unobstructed way he had left his feet, he'd been diving to try and stop, and he did not anticipate helmet-to-helmet contact. So he would, should not be ejected. And you know what? I think this is a little bit about Salty Browns fans. Like, they're going, well, that was the difference in the game. Like, we would have won if we had that touchdown. And you know what? I love the saying, if ifs and buts were candies and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. Because you can't think like that. Because if you did score, because the penalty, if they called the penalty, it would have been first and goal on the goal line, and let's say the Browns do score. That changes the whole dynamic of that game. And does that end up with Mahomes having the concussion that he had? It, it could not. We're going to play the if game. So I don't think it would have mattered if Mahomes stayed in the game. He would have dropped 35 points on you guys easily. He's just too good not to. And I think that the Browns would have ended up losing, making it a two-score game instead of losing within one touchdown. Because that's going to kind of roll us into the game recaps. So the final score of Kansas City and the Browns was within a touchdown. Like I said, it was 22-17. to 17. Um, I called 22 to 24, but I think the largest factor in me being so far off was actually the Mahomes injury. Like when you switch over to Chad Henney, it's it's not gonna be huge points. Um, you got to give a good shout out though to Chad Henney. He played a heck of a game. I mean, he did have an interception, yeah, but. Um, he, he came up clutch when needed. Everyone's talking about the balls on uh, Andy Reid. That was a wild fourth and inches play. You bring in a backup who's never really played in his career to throw the ball. I mean, maybe he's just the king of throwing bubble screens to wide receivers. Because that was a nice thrown ball. And the confidence they had in them to do it was just unreal. 
because like he's not played a lot in his career. Chad Henney's played in the league for eleven seasons. He spent time with Miami, Jacksonville, and now he's with KC. In those eleven years, he's only played seventy-one games, and he's only started fifty-four of those. I think that's the day that the Browns really came back to earth, though. You know, it's it was really fun to watch their run. But it it was just time for it to end. They couldn't sustain what they were doing. Um, now, I know both teams' defenses really stepped up. Like, the Browns' defense was there to play. It was the offense that let the team down. I, I noticed that a couple times in this week. Uh, the defenses were there. So, like, we've got some good championship football coming up because we got a lot of tough fighting defenses. But that was definitely what was the downfall for the Browns this week. And, you know, I can't say I watched a lot of this game. Uh, I was doing a fantasy hockey draft at the time. And don't give me shit for having a way too late fantasy hockey draft. I know we were drafting after the year it started, but the way it's done, they backtrack points and everything, and it all works out. Next, we roll into Green Bay versus the Rams. It was a 32-18 final, and I called it 35-23. Uh, this was my closest call of the week. I watched I watched a majority of this game. Um, Goff looked good, but I don't think it was worn enough for him to keep his job. I think my previous comments stand that the Rams need to get away from Goff. He's a liability to that defense. Like, they've got an amazing defense. And I think that he's just holding it back. Like, it's not worth it to have him in there. Like, he's just average. You could replace him with pretty much any quarterback in the league, and I bet you the Rams would be a contender. Um, what really kept the Rams in the game was Akers. He ran for 90 yards. Heck of a game. He was all over, but it just wasn't enough to make it happen. Like I just said about two about championship week football, um, the Rams didn't look good, though. You know, it was a very quiet game for them. They didn't have any interceptions, had no sacks. Aaron Donald was non-existent. It's got to be injury. Like, what can you do? I think who really stole the show, though, was the Green Bay Packers offensive line. They kept Rodgers so clean all throughout the game. And, you know, it just was a great game for Green Bay. They did what they were supposed to do and they won the game pretty easily. This one, next one, really shocked me how it went down. Um, it was Buffalo and Baltimore, which ended 17-3. to I called Buffalo 31-26. Uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a different game. I 
yet again, this one I watched the majority of it. I've got other obligations, so I can't watch every single game, which I friggin' wish I could, but it's just not going to happen. You know, 17-3, to 3, and I really gotta put the blame on Lamar Jackson he really didn't do anything to stop this from happening he had 162 yards but only a 58% completion rating during the game didn't have a touchdown just had one interception and he ran for 34 yards now granted he did get hurt towards the end you feel bad for the kid because he he is a nice guy like he seems like he does good work with the community, and he seems like a nice enough guy. But oh man, it's just hard. It's hard for me to root for him because, like, I just don't think he has it. Like last week against Tennessee was his first playoff win ever. He just can't win big games. Doesn't matter how many yards you rush for in the regular season how many touchdowns you throw in the regular season if you can't win a playoff game it's a results oriented business coaches want wins they don't care about your personal highlights they just want wins now this game had a lot of tough defense in it and I I enjoyed that because as hard as it is for a Dolphins fan to admit that he enjoyed a Bills game um it was a, just a tight defensive game. It reminded me of old school. You know, the linebackers and defensive backs stole the show for Buffalo with a combined 42 tackles, six for a loss, four sacks, and an interception. That's a championship defense, and I don't think that's anything to be scoffed at. Like, I'm really thinking that they've got a chance now. Final recap was Tampa Bay versus New Orleans, 30-20 to 20 in the Old Man Bowl. Um, I thought this was going to be a shootout. I thought it was just going to be all offense. I thought like these two old guys' arms were going to fall off by the end of it, but I was wrong. I predicted 42-35, but it was 30-20, to 20, and the 42-35 I had the Saints, so that was the one game I got wrong this week. You know, this game was a bit shocking to me simply because Brady walked out and did what he needed to do. He passed for two touchdowns and rushed for one himself. And, you know, I keep thinking the Bucks aren't for real. I keep thinking that they're just going to mess it up and they're going to not get over the hump. And I keep betting against them, and I probably shouldn't be, but... We'll see what happens in my next predictions here for the championship round. I mean, everyone on the Saints did what they needed to do, too. Um, except for Drew Brees. Uh, such a shame to see such a great quarterback. You know, he's one of the great quarterbacks of my era. I'm a fairly young guy. and I've grown up watching him. And it was kind of sad to see him go like this. Like, we all know he's going to retire. It's no secret. I'm going to be shocked if he doesn't retire. But, you know, father time's undefeated. Like, 
it's over when it's over. It's just, it's what it is. Quarterbacks just seem to drop off a cliff once it's done. You know, he had three interceptions in the game, and that really hurt the Saints. Like, they, their defense played good. Camaro put up some yards, but it just wasn't enough to get over the hump. It's a shame it was his final game. But it's one of those cases that father time is undefeated. Like, look at Ben Roethlisberger. He's lost a ton on his arm. And, uh, you know, it, it's just, I think it's time for him to retire as well. I just don't see it happening. Like, it's, they got to replace him in Pittsburgh is what I'm trying to say. So my picks for this week. Green Bay versus Tampa Bay. Battle of the Bays. The NFC Championship. Does Brady retire after this? I don't know. I think Brady has a monster game here, though, because uh, I feel like Brady is so personal record orientated at this point that if Drew Brees retires, I think Tom Brady will retire because he Drew Brees is the only one who can really compete with him for some of his records at this point. So I think that if Brees retires, Brady will retire. Um, I've been saying this for a few years. I'm one of the sayers who thinks he's going to retire every year, and then he doesn't comes out and makes me look like a jackass but I think it's it's time and if he doesn't win this game I think that's the final nail I think it's time to hit for him to go and I think that is what's going to happen I've been wrong twice about Tampa Bay I've picked Washington and I've picked the Saints I can't argue against Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks currently. He's an MVP player. He's done it before. And I think that offensive line is too good. They're running the ball well. The defense is showing up. I think Green Bay takes it 39-30. But Brady has one hell of a game. Kansas City versus Buffalo. Um, not a lot to say here. This is probably the best game of the year. Uh, both teams do deserve to go to the Super Bowl. It'd be fun to see the Bills Mafia there breaking tables and shit outside. But, uh, you know, I think it's... Um, I, I think it's going to come down to... A game time decision on whether Patrick Mahomes is playing or not. Oh, one second here. Oh man, breaking news. Did I not call it during the podcast? The Pittsburgh Steelers have reportedly signed Dwayne Haskins to an undisclosed term contract. This is coming from Adam Schefter serious report don't think it's a fraud um uh yeah so I, I i guess i nailed that one on the head that 
this is catching me a little off guard. Um, but yeah, no, see, there you go. He told you Big Ben, probably time to retire. That, to me, is a good sign that he's talked to the organization and he's preparing to retire. Uh, great career for him. He's definitely, in my mind, a first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback. But time to move on. He went down that cliff. And uh, for Dwayne Haskins, I think it's a good... It's a good thing for him. He he deserves a second chance. He fucked up. Everyone knows he did. But, hey, I think it's... Uh, I think that's a good fit there. Like, give him that structure... And let's see what he can do. He gets that second chance, and I think he deserves it out of out of just being a young guy with tons of money and everything. Everyone telling you you're wonderful all the time. I think he deserves that second chance. Anyways, back to the task at hand. We're talking Kansas City and Buffalo. Um, you know, I'm just gonna go out on the limb. If Mahomes plays, it's going to be 38 points for Buffalo, 41 for Kansas. Kansas, Green Bay, Super Bowl. If you got Chad Henney, the Bills steamroll the Chiefs, 34-13. Call them that right now. Actually, mid-show, I've changed my results. I've talked myself out of Chad Henney. Um... I actually originally had 34-23, but I'm going to go 34-13. I think they just lose that extra kick completely. So before I get into a little bit of CFL talk, um, I just want to talk to you about... The fans need to check themselves. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit tired of uh, people talking about these after the game stuff like everyone just went absolutely nuts when Drew Brees and Tom Brady hugged after the game Tom Brady threw Drew Brees' kid a ball everyone was going nuts over this like guys and girls and whoever's listening to this they all know each other they're friends they're all of them are friends you have Tom Brady sending a game-worn jersey to um, Chase Young. Like, it's... They're friends. This isn't an amazing moment in my mind. Like, yeah, it was a nice moment. I won't take that away. Really nice moment. But we need to tone back on this. Like, I'm more here for the football. Never been a big fan of the after the game celebration and people swapping jerseys and all that I I prefer it just to be you know business as usual I guess that's a little bit of a cold take and but you know what no I'm I'm gonna retract what I said there it's not that I don't like them interacting it's I hate the dribble that comes with it from the fans you guys sound stupid. Let's just stop doing that. So there's been in the CFL a couple signings. Um, I, I'm going to 
gonna try if you're an American listener I want you just to hear me out here and I want you guys to give CFO the chance I'm gonna highlight a couple players here and there tell you a little bit about them their career path and what they've done in the CFL I'm a big fan of growing this game I recommend it to Americans to watch if they don't. I recommend it to Canadians to watch it if they don't. It's not a lower skill game. It's just a different style of game. In fact, what the NFL is trying to do is model itself to be like the CFL. They want a high offense, throw the ball around the yard kind of game. And I... I find it super fascinating. It's a really fun game. You could be down... 20 points with 3 minutes left in the game and make a comeback in this league. So two key signings this week were Simone Lawrence from the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Um, he's one of the, arguably the best linebackers in the league. Um, I guess it's to me it's between him and um, Adam Bighill who I'm going to be talking about next week because I guess he restructured his deal. Now, in the CFL, they don't release what players make. So it's really tough to figure it out. There's guys out there who do it well. I'm not one of them. I'm not an accountant. I don't understand the business side of that. But Simone Lawrence signs, re-signs with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. So he's coming out of Minnesota. Uh, he was born in Pennsylvania. But he went to Minnesota, go Gophers. Uh, he, he's always been one of those borderline NFL talents. Like, he's either been on a training camp or a practice squad of several teams in the NFL. Um, he was part of the St. Louis Rams, the Eagles, the Bears, the Bucks. What's the other one I'm missing? Oh, and uh, the Vikings. And... He was an undrafted free agent, so he signed with St. Louis and was later released. Bounced around a couple different leagues. And in 2014, he settled with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And ever since then, he has been a force. He has 26 sacks on his career, 10 force fumbles. He's a coverage guy with... He's a coverage linebacker as well. Like He's got 11 interceptions. On his career, he's got 533 tackles. So he's a fun player to watch. Figured I'd do one in the East and the West today. Um, Winnipeg is in the West Division in the Canadian Football League. There's two divisions, East and West. Nine teams in total. Uh, Winnipeg has re-signed Andrew Harris, their star running back. And he's probably one of... Canada's greatest running backs of all time. Uh, he's a national player, so in the CFL, you have to have a ratio of national players versus international players. So having a, him at a skilled position is amazing, right? Just take some of the strain off. Um, just to put in perspective, he was the rushing champ in 2017, 2018, and 2019. Uh, he had 1,035 yards rushing, 1,390 yards rushing, and 1,380 yards rushing 
in consecutive years. Um, now, this game is a lot of passing the ball. So, having 1,300 yards in the CFL is wicked good. He was a huge part of the 2018 championship run, too, and uh, with his team, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He was named the MVP of the game and the most valuable Canadian. This guy's just been a perennial all-star as well. He's been an all-star in 2012, and then 2015, 16, 17, and 18. So, it's... It's it's tough to say what the terms of the contract are. I'm not going to get into money. Um, I shouldn't say he resigned. He got a one-year extension. And one of the main reasons I love him is his enthusiasm. Um, when they asked about signing the one-year extension, he said he would have signed a five-year extension if he could because he's actually a Winnipeg native. Um, he's playing for his hometown team and... I think that, you know, he gets a little hometown discount. but um, Yeah, because it was reported that it was probably less than normal. But there's two factors. He either gave a hometown discount or the CFL didn't run because of COVID in the 2019 season. So I think, I think teams are hurting a little bit. And uh, they are telling their players to take friendlier contracts for the future. And I think the league is actually, they're being pretty reasonable about it. So before I go, um, you know, I, uh, I have to make a retraction from something I said before. I realized I was wrong. I didn't mean Coach Urban Myers coached uh, Justin Fields. I meant he was heavily tied to the program and Justin Fields obviously Ohio State quarterback with no Urban Meyer so I'd be looking out for that I could see the Jaguars trading down chance to get Fields um, but yeah I just had to put that in that little retraction so that was another football podcast by some guy you don't know, and I'm that some guy you don't know, Taylor Price. Like I said, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at TPComedy41 for your comedy needs. A football podcast by some guy you don't know on Twitter for your football needs. Make sure you send in emails to a football podcast by some guy at gmail.com. And we'll be happy to have you back in the Thrillbilly Production Studios where the fans believe and the shirts don't have sleeves. Cheers, guys.